0: I tell a lot of people, that, uh, especially new people, that it's it's a marathon, it's not a sprint.
1: Welcome to the Small Business Celebration Podcast, where we guide you, the small business owner, from the status quo, to success, to transformation with tools like this podcast, customized workshops, and personalized detailed coaching. I'm your host, Michael I. Roberts, and today our guest is Gary Bean of Farmers Insurance in Bakersfield, California. Today, Gary is going to guide us on how your business plan can help you throw darts at a target, the value in team compensation, and how a mentor can give you a hand up out of failure. But before we get into this wide ranging interview, let's hear a quick message from our sponsors. Tim McNeely with Lifestone Wealth Management understands that most entrepreneurs like you simply want to make a difference in the lives of the people they love and the causes they care about. In order to do that, you need assistance in solving all of your unique financial needs. The problem is, your current financial advisor wants to talk about what a great job they are doing managing your investment portfolio, and that can leave you feeling frustrated and misunderstood. Tim believes you deserve financial advice that moves beyond your portfolio. Tim understands that you need advice on minimizing taxes, taking care of the next generation, and protecting your hard-earned assets, all while supporting the causes you are passionate about. That is why, for the last 20 years, Tim has focused on providing advice beyond investments. Here's how it works. First, you and Tim meet and he learns what really matters to you. Then. Tim presents a plan for moving forward, making real progress towards achieving your most important goals. To get started, contact Tim at LifestoneWM.com. That's LifestoneWM.com. And start making a difference in the lives of the people you love and the causes you care about. Today's economy is growing. The question is, Are the team of new employees you are going to bring on board going to help you build a strong and profitable business? Small Business Celebration can guide you to three indispensable virtues that make some people better team players than others and build a framework with easy-to-use tools for identifying, hiring, and developing ideal team players for your organization. If you want to create a culture of teamwork for your business that is simple, practical, and works – Go to SmallBusinessCelebration.com today. Build a team that wants you to succeed. Go to SmallBusinessCelebration.com today. Welcome, fellow business owners. I'm here today with uh, Gary Bean and Farmers Insurance Agency here in Bakersfield. And we're here in his office. We're going to be talking to him about business and his business and what the business means to him and how it's grown. But before we start that, I want to go through and read a quick five star review that we've received from Ray, who says that Small Business Celebration, the podcast, is the most influential California based podcast, even though it's so new. Well thank you, Ray. Thank you for the great thoughts. It's it's wonderful that we're growing like gangbusters on this on the broadcast. And part of that success, I should say, are for great guests, including Gary Bean that we have here of Farmers Insurance. Welcome to the show, Gary.
0: Thank you very much. You're being very generous. So <laughs>
1: Well, the reason I met Gary is through Marty Pay up in Tehachapi, which he was on our very first broadcast of the Small Mm -hmm. Business Celebration. And uh, tell us a little bit the size and scope and the volume of business you do, Gary. Um,
0: We are a fairly large uh, insurance agency for farmers. Um, Average uh, farmers agents have probably an average around 1,500 clients or so. We have about 7,000 clients. Wow. We've been in uh, business for... Twenty-eight years. I have seven staff people, so uh, we've just been really blessed through the years uh, with growth and uh, and be right place, right time, I guess.
1: Why do people come to Farmers Insurance, and more specifically, your your office?
0: Well, you know, I think uh, we've always had the philosophy that, you know, um, f- farmers is our product provider, but really people do business with people they know and trust. Mm-hmm. And so one of our philosophies has been, always been to try to make sure we earn the trust of the individual. Uh, it becomes more than a transaction then. It becomes a relationship. Right. And, uh, um Although with seven thousand clients, I'll have to say I, I have a hard time having a relationship with each of them. Uh, but when you have, but when you try to train your staff and bring them along uh, to duplicate yourself, they can have relationships on my behalf. So uh, it all centers on that. It centers on our. Uh, that's a primary philosophy of. Of the agency.
1: One of the indicators of that success are the various awards that you've received and that you've earned. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about your awards and your philosophy on that.
0: Okay, well, uh, the awards are entirely secondary. I mean, um, we've always said that uh, if you do the right things, you trust uh, God for the results. Mm -hmm. And um, so we've always tried to do that, uh, and He's blessed us through the years. So, so, uh, Farmers has different levels of achievement. Um, the top 10% of the agents is called toppers club. Uh, we've qualified for that 22 times, uh, out of 28 years. Uh, the next level is, um, championship and we've qualified 11 times for that. That's the top, uh, 3% of the agents. And then the top 1% is president's council. Um, and that's, um, uh, we've qualified for that twice. Uh, so, Excellent. yeah, so we've been, we've been blessed through the years, uh, but again, that's not that's not why we show up every day
1: so and uh, why is it that you show up every day
0: well we show up every day to make sure that uh that we are um loving on the people that that uh that come in our front door Mm -hmm. uh that's really our philosophy to give them good advice to make sure we're offering them protection not just a policy you can get a policy anywhere (laughs) and but To have the protection that you need and give people advice. Uh, So many people just misunderstand insurance. And, you know. um, How so? Well, like, uh, best example is probably auto insurance. Uh, People say, give me full coverage. Well, full coverage is maybe different from person to person. And a lot of them are just looking for the cheapest price. Uh, and quite frankly, farmers has never been the cheapest, uh, mm. never will be, uh, because we want to be able to pay claims and take care of clients when the, when, when, uh, when the need arises. So, um, we try to make sure they have proper coverage. Uh, uh, you can get a cheap price at 15, the state minimums at fifteen thirty, fifteen thousand 15,000 per person, 30,000 per accident and be, And the first time you have a major accident and put somebody in a wheelchair for the rest of their life, they're not only going to own your car, but they're going to own your house and your bank account and everything else they can get. Right. And people don't understand that.
1: Right, right, right. Your growth didn't happen overnight. How did you grow from a single-man operation to having seven employees?
0: Well, uh, I have to give a little credit to my wife because she, in the early years, basically paid all the bills so -hmm. that I could – reinvest into the business and so uh really didn't take any salary um you know i tell a lot of people that uh especially new people that uh, especially in the insurance field because you have to build a large client base over a period of time and that doesn't happen overnight so um it's a it's a marathon it's not a sprint you have to uh be able to weather the ups and downs early and so by her having basically having her financial support early uh although now for the last 10 years she works with me now in the office so um uh which a whole it's a whole nother dynamic <laughs> but uh uh so that and just um recognizing uh strategically when to bring someone on
1: and how do you engage that
0: well um a couple of things first of all m- most new businesses start and they have an idea about what they wanna do for business, but they don't really have a strategic business plan mm. and if you're if you're operating on on just on the idea without a strategic plan uh you end up kind of what I call throwing darts at a wall versus throwing darts at a target right so you have to understand or have some idea of where the business is going. And then be able to develop a plan to move it in that direction. And, and staffing is probably the biggest struggle most people have: finding the right person, keeping the right person, um, and uh, and then moving them forward uh, to accomplish the goals of the tie it and ties into the goals of that plan.
1: Did you have somebody that you were, had as a mentor, or somebody whose credibility that you could build upon to help you develop that plan and help you grow?
0: Okay, so most of most of my career are or most of my ideas are things that I've stolen from somebody else or borrowed, excuse me. <laughs> borrowed from another agent. So in our business we're fortunate enough to have agents who have been around a long time. So Marty Pay would have been one of those guys uh early on in my career. Um I was a banker for fifteen years prior to this, so I was oh, wow. a bit of a bean counter anyway, and so that helped uh the business training that I got from there. Uh, really lent itself to to my business, mm-hmm. and um, so um, so the the education that I got from them was it was invaluable in the day to day operation of my of my business. Um, and then uh, you know I had a district manager that gave me just gave me the opportunity, which um, uh, and and then uh, helped me along. His name was Bill Atchley. Loved the man. He passed away a few years ago, but he was. Uh, he was instrumental just to even giving me a chance to start in the insurance business. Yeah.
1: One of the things that you mentioned is that you build the business for the long term and that you are mm-hmm. building the business and you're aiming at a target, not aiming at the wall. Mm-hmm. Can you expound a little bit about that, how the the money that comes into or the profitability of a business is actually a lagging indicator of the success you're having?
0: Yeah, so we've always used the idea that we would that I've always staffed aggressively, which means I would probably be a little bit overstaffed for growth mm-hmm. in our business. It's a it's a contact business, so the more people we talk to, the more uh, more it drives results. So I can I can only make so many contacts. So as my staff come on board, expectations are laid out for them to be able to bring in a certain amount of business. Right. And um, so you have to gauge lots of different factors. We In our business, uh, retention, uh, at least at our size, is um, probably as important or more important than bringing in new business. So um, we try to incent our staff to be both sales and service mm. so that... Uh, because services is important, if I lose ten percent of my uh client base, which in insurance business, ninety percent retention is excellent, so we run about eighty nine we 're real close to that, mm-hmm. but ten percent of my business is seven hundred accounts, so that means I have to sell uh you know sixty a month uh, new policies a month just to offset what we 're losing to normal attrition. you know people die and people move so right, right, so we 're going to lose we can 't control that. And so um, so we try to make sure we set the, those expectations for staff when they come in. Right. And th- that's all tied into that that overall strategic plan. Okay. So the plan, it doesn't – if the plan is just there and you show it to someone and it doesn't trickle down to results for each individual, uh, you know, many hands make light work. Right? right. So it's really much better to have a staff that can help you achieve that than – to try to do that on my own, it would be impossible.
1: It sounds like you're not a command and control type of leader for your business. How do you motivate and how do you state your leadership style in keeping your your employees engaged and motivated and interested and, and uh, performing well?
0: Okay. So my first love was w- if I had had my first choice as, a, as a, a job, I would have wanted to be a coach. And um, What kind of Coach. Probably football. Okay. Yeah. That was, uh, I love football, of course. Did, but you, I, did you play football? I did, uh, through, uh, through junior college. Okay. But, um, and, and did but, you, and you played at BC? I did. I did for one year. Okay. Yeah. So, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at I'm five foot six, uh, you know, 200 or 193 now. <laughs> Back then I was like 185. Right. And, and, uh, I was an offensive lineman or a linebacker, and uh, it didn't take me very long to figure out that my size limitations didn't match my heart right, uh, <laughs> right. desire. Right. So anyway, but back to our staff. They, uh, so I try to coach them uh, and set a vision for them, and then um, their compensation is based on the results of the agency. right? Um, and – uh, I know a lot of agents hire producers, and which, uh, but everybody in my agency, whether they're uh, is a producer, whether their uh, uh, primary go- primary job description is a, an agent or not, um, but their compensation is a team compensation, mm. which is unique. So they get a percentage of our business every month back as a bonus and so if the agency's growing and doing well uh, then the bonus is bigger right okay right. and so it gives them a vested interest because in in reality they they are the face of the business they right. they are uh we have clients come in and they want to speak just to Blanca because they've always done business with Blanca right and they know I'm here and they know I if they need me but usually by the time I'm talking to them they're so mad it's it's too late <laughs> <laughs> it's too late but uh But for the most part, uh, I try to uh, make them have a – or allow them to have a vested interest in the the agency and in the success of the agency. So a lot of agents keep their financials private. They don't show what kind of commissions they get. The girls can look at all my – all of my uh, numbers, because their numbers, their bonuses are based on those numbers. Sure, sure, sure. So anyway,
1: I would guess that there's a certain amount of credibility that allows them to understand that you're in this too, and you're also looking out for their well-being. Even though they may have a bad day or a bad week, it's not the end of the world. But at the mm. same time, they know who to chase. Right. They knew who to mm-hmm. go after. Right. Do you often have, or have you had any employees that surpassed your own personal goals of of sales?
0: We've had months as a team uh-huh. that have has done well, and in in the past, I've had producers uh, where I'd ha- you know I hired individual producers, and they got paid on the what they brought in. But what would happen is they would end up butting heads because they because they both talk to that same client right. over a piece of business. And I didn't like that. Right. I wanted so in football everybody's gotta do their part. Right. So I wanted everybody to do their part. Now it doesn't mean that somebody can't excel and so they have individual individual goals to contribute to that and if they exceed those goals then their pay raise for the following years may be a little bigger than somebody else's so or or those who are who are consistently contribute more probably have a higher base salary than someone who doesn't sure so they're compensated for their production as well but But the idea is I want somebody to come in. If someone comes in and they have an issue or they want to buy a policy, I don't want them to fight over whose deal it is. I want them to make sure the client is satisfied and taken care of.
1: This sounds like somebody who has failed before and who has learned (laughs) from his mistakes and has grown out of the ashes like the phoenix, as it were. Mm -hmm. And... Tell us a little bit about that, because it sounds like from what we've spoken about before that that not everything was absolutely tulips and roses from <laughs> uh, when you started a business. T- what what's your what would you define as your greatest failure or more affable failure? Um, okay, so
0: I was a banker for 15 years and uh, pretty young. I was a VP with the bank. Uh, a large commercial bank prior to being 30 years of age. Uh-huh. And it was pretty cocky, okay, mm-hmm. pretty full of myself. I'm making loans to uh, business uh, businesses up to $10 million. And, um, and I'm giving all these guys advice. So, you know, I think, well, shoot, I should be able to do this for myself. And um, so I went out into a, a, a business on my own, left the bank, uh, well, actually I with a couple partners mm-hmm. and, um, one was my brother and, uh, he was a car salesman. And so I had the finance and business background. He had the sales background. And so we thought we should go together and open a dealership. And anyway, we did that for about three years and I actually stayed with the bank cause that security was pretty good that, you know, uh, didn't, didn't want to give up that job and that paycheck. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, my kids I had a one year old three year old and my wife uh was here stayed here in Bakersfield we actually it was on the coast where we opened the dealership uh this was back in the this would have been back in the late uh, yeah late eighties and um so anyway, we went over there my brother uh opened the dealership we were selling a lot of cars, but we didn 't have any money <laughs> couldn 't figure out where where everything was going so I left the bank. And went over there and just and found out that money was being siphoned off of the business. Mm. And so that the mistake was, I, I say now, if I had gone over earlier, I might have been able to prevent that. And uh, uh, but anyway, long story short, it failed. The mm. business failed. And actually, um, in the interim time between that and. Going into the insurance business, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I kind of wanted, thought I wanted to go into nonprofit. I was kind of, t- uh, kind of tired for that. I was being interviewed for a nonprofit here in Bakersfield to be their executive director, and uh, and then uh, uh, another large commercial bank was looking at me maybe for an area job. And then while I was waiting, and, and I was in the final couple of candidates for both of those, and um, and the the nonprofit interview was. That was hard. There was they had me in this room, and I'm sitting at a little desk, and there's 23 of them on risers, wow. shooting questions at me for like two hours, and that was probably the hardest interview I've ever done, <laughs> other than this one, maybe. And then, uh, but anyway. Um, and so at the same time, there was an ad in the paper about insurance. So I took, I went and saw Bill, actually the okay. district manager, and he said, "Yeah, we can do something." And in those days, you were on what was called a reserve program, so you kind of had to prove yourself. gave you a chance to figure out whether you think insurance would be good for you, sure. and whether or not uh, whether or not the company wanted you as well. So get, you got both got a chance to look at each other. And sure. uh, so the same day I got my insurance license in the mail, I got turned downs from those other two companies. Wow. So I said, "Okay, God." Seems like you want me to be in the insurance business, so that's uh, that's where I ended up. Um, humbled me. Would I ever want to go through it again? No. But the what I learned from that it changed me as a man and as a person. Um, How so? Well, before that, I was uh, I was a God fearer, but mm-hmm. I wasn't a, I wasn't a, a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ. Mm. Out of that, um. Uh, I became a follower of Christ, sure, and as a result, uh, that humbling changed me and and if you 're a follower of Christ, you learn that every blessing you 're given is not yours anyway right that it 's just something he 's letting us steward and take care of in this life so i my biggest one of my biggest responsibilities is to make sure my staff is taken care of. And uh, it weighs heavy on – and it should weigh heavy on any business owner. Right. So my wife says I'm always – she says, uh, you know, the business adage is, you know, slow to hire, quick to fire, right? Right. She says I'm slow to hire, but I'm also really slow to fire. (laughs) So I would rather – back to my coaching, I would rather coach someone through that and see them become successful than to let them go. So I give them every opportunity – to be successful in the agency. And, uh, so that, that ties into, um, my responsibilities as a Christian and as a believer. So
1: let's take a a little bit of a, a step forward Mm -hmm. as it were. What advice would you give some who Mm -hmm. wants to go out into the business world and start their own business? What advice would you give them?
0: Well, I think, uh, Steal as many ideas as you can. Okay. Uh, remember, I, I, the biggest thing I see in a lot of uh, younger business people is that they come into the business with the idea that it's a job, mm. like it's an employment. Okay. Like and and if you don't have an entrepreneurial spirit and the willingness to to work through difficult times it's going to be difficult for you to succeed.
1: What is the entrepreneurial spirit?
0: As a business owner, I have to do whatever it takes to make it work. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, I mean, I'm not going to steal or or lie or but do just that.
1: Saw, but you just said you stole everybody's ideas. Well, yeah.
0: <laughs> borrowed them. I borrowed them. <laughs> they can have them back if they'd like. <laughs> uh, and a lot of them... Look, especially in the insurance business, it's a long-term business. Mm -hmm. You you survive and are become successful when you have lots of clients. So it's because you don't go out there and hit home runs every day. Most of our business is singles, where we get small, you know, auto or home or uh, those kind of policies, and you know they don't pay a whole lot. So you got to have a lot of them to be successful. Well most people don't have a plan. How do you get past that first 3 5 years? Most businesses fail in the first 3 years. Right. And uh so they 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 it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Okay? And you have to understand that. Now there are times you sprint really hard right. because you got to pay the bills that month. Right. But long term, that's why the business plan and the strategic plan to grow and how are you going to so, you know, when you when I do uh, an org chart, in the old days, it was, you know, I'm at the top of the chart, right? And then it was auto, home, life, financial services, health, all the different things that we do. Right. And my name was in every block. Well, how good am I going to be at that? I'm not going right. to be very good. So we narrowed it down okay. So we're going to focus on these first two. And then when we get those built. Then I'm going to hire somebody else to help me add the next line of business. Too often, especially in insurance, when you open an agency and you're multi-lines like we are, mm-hmm. uh, you get distracted because they want you to do this. They want you to do that. Want you, and you have to decide, no, wait a minute. What's my bread and butter? Let's focus on that. Let's get that built. Now, and then when I get the opportunity and I have the staffing, then, then I'll start doing that and let the staff take care of that and, and gradually progress. So, um, so it, have a strategic plan and understand that it's a marathon, not a sprint. And that is not a job.
1: And the, and the minute it becomes a job it's time to get out of the business amen. <laughs> <laughs> amen one of the things that you have also mentioned is the business plan you've brought that up several times on this and the only constant in life is change mm-hmm. what in the last 5 years what new belief or habit has improved your business or how have you or what habit have you done that's changed the way you do business in the last five years.
0: Okay. So we review that business plan every year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, with the rate of change today, you have to adapt and change almost monthly. Sometimes it feels like, mm-hmm. and so the greatest discipline I've I think is to anticipate that change. And you can, you could get that by reading right materials and those, um, and, Getting a feel from, like the conferences that we go to, et cetera, getting a feel for the industry and for farmers in particular, mm. and understanding that that thing change is coming, and then being able to adapt to that. Right, um, like you said, the one constant in life is change. The rate of change has accelerated greatly. So, you, as a small business person, I think we have the the ability because we don't have to go through so many layers to adapt to that change quicker than most, right. okay? It's harder for Amazon to make a change uh, uh, in their whole organization than it is for me. Right. So um, so the the one constant that I've learned is to try to anticipate that change and then be prepared. And, and part of that is in moving staff in the right direction, reallocating resources, whatever, whatever it takes to, to change to that. And the other thing, and now... Uh, you, you even have to take that an extra step because you have to look for disruptors, mm, right? Okay, right, right, right. Um, Sears didn't adapt to that, right? Okay, neither did uh, um, BlackBerry and right. others. So if you do, it, and and so uh, in our industry, a lot of it, people can shop anywhere they want, any way they want, right? So we have to be able to provide the opportunity for them to do business with us any way that they want.
1: And how has the customer changed in the last five years?
0: Well, they do a lot a lot more of the initial shopping is research that they do online uh-huh. so your websites uh, all of that stuff has all changed um, all of our advertising we do no print ad- print advertising anymore right uh, we do very little uh, we don 't do radio or television, almost all of it is social media right uh, because that 's where they go to look first right They check out my Facebook page, they look at our website, they do those things first, sure, and because they 're doing research, and they should. And so um, shoppers today do, you know, they'll get their quotes before they ever come see us. Right. Uh, And like I said before, we're not always the cheapest. So if they're looking for cheap, I mean, we're going to lose. Right. And and there is a market segment, a segment of the market that wants that. Most, though, want cheap, but they also want somebody to hold their hand. Right. And so, and that's where we come in. Right. So uh, that's back to that
1: relationship. When you feel overwhelmed, stressed, what have you done to become better at saying no to?
0: I've tried to become uh, more balanced. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Uh, Well, um, and this was at the encouragement of my wife, believe it or not, but, uh, you know, uh, half a day during the week, I'll disappear from here. And usually it's golf, or I like to clay shoot now, which is a new hobby uh, in the last couple of years. And then, uh, uh, so I'll take a half a after, half a day, and I get out of here because uh, because the stress levels can get can get high. Sure. And then, um, and I try to uh, really manage my calendar very very well. Mm-hmm. And then, um, um that's primarily the, uh, probably the biggest stress uh inducer for me is staff changes because uh, it takes time to bring people on board and, although we are pretty we've been pretty stable most of my staff has been with me for a long time so which has been a real blessing as well
1: going off and clay shooting and blowing things up, up. Yeah, always, uh, <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> <laughs> definitely definitely <help. laughs> going forward in the next five ten years what's the big picture plan that you have for your business
0: Okay. So we're, you know, I'm 63, so we're kind of in a transition period. Um, so I'm still filling some of those boxes on that org org chart and I'd like to have an administrative assistant or someone that could run, help run the agency so that my wife and I can be away a little more. Um, uh, we enjoy what we do. We really enjoy helping people Mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, that's uh, that's really the only reason we still stay in the business. We have clients that have been with us for 30 years, right. and they still trust us. So we want to be... And they lo- insist that you stick around. They yeah, don't want you to retire. Yes, that's, that's correct. <laughs> so, um, and then um, within the next two or three years, we hope to be at a place where I can um, give more a higher percentage of the profits away to our staff. Mm. Um and we're getting there. So hopefully uh sooner than later and then uh uh so that the agency can have perpetuation as well. So even if I'm not here, I you know like I said most of the people that are doing business or doing one-on-one with my staff more than they are me. Right. And uh although they know always know they can get a hold of me on my cell phone or whatever, but uh but uh and they need to be rewarded for that. Sure. So, uh and then we do a lot of charity work and that's where really my wife's and I heart is is to do more um more work in the charities that we're involved with.
1: What charities do you support?
0: Well, we uh we made a, a conscious decision twenty years or so ago to be involved in um uh Christian Gospel advancement, uh, spreading the gospel, mm-hmm. the good news of Jesus Christ. So, um, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's there's great charities. I mean, you know, I love animals. We love dogs and stuff. But I don't give to the SPCA. But we get, try to give. And the, what co- caused that? A old pastor, a friend of mine, did some teaching on stewardship, and we think that the greatest use of the resources God has given us is to be used for eternal impact, mm-hmm. not impact necessarily right now although we give to homeless shelter and help with those kind of things but um so and that, that's been kind of narrowed to our church and then um and to uh, i do a lot of work with fellowship of christian athletes which is a uh, the largest um uh, christian athletic uh um organization in the in the world sure and um so a friend of mine and I were in a Bible study together 12 years ago. His name's Dave Washburn. Um, and he was a counselor at North high school and said, you know what? I'm, I'm doing this FCA stuff, um, a little bit. He said, but I really feel called to do this full time. And so I partnered with him. So for 10 years, I was his board. <laughs> and he went full time into the ministry. And at the, at the time, we had there were two FCA's FCA's been around since the 50s right. but there was only two FCA's left uh, huddle huddle clubs on campuses uh oh. where uh, we now have 23 campuses that oh. have those so the smallest one of those probably has 10 uh, students athletes in it the largest has almost 200 wow. so and then uh they also do camp so we take um uh teams to Hume Lake Christian camp and so they get to hear the gospel and then in the ten years that we've been doing this, now we've probably given out over thirty thousand Bibles in the right. in the school system. So a lot of my time uh, is spent helping him stay funded and uh, and uh, help with the ministry there.
1: Excellent. It is clear your faith has changed you and has had a significant in, impact on you. Mm-hmm. But how has your business? Changed you.
0: You can't separate one from the other. Okay. Uh, um, the uh, the reason we're in business is so that we can be a blessing to people, mm-hmm. and then and to use the resources of this to be to further God's kingdom. So uh, you can't unhinge one from the other. It, it, the business gave me the opportunity to do the things I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. And um, without that opportunity, we wouldn't be able to to give our time and our resources uh, like we do now.
1: It's been said that in order to be able to give, you have to have the resources to give, and this business mm-hmm. has definitely done that for you.
0: Yeah, amen to that. Yeah, and and then you know, in all the blessings, the business was given to me. He made it pretty obvious that he wanted me to be in this business, and. And like I said, I would a month before that, I would have never thought I'd ever be an insurance agent. And uh, but it's given me the time and the resources and the flexibility to be and do help in the community and help. Um, you know, early on uh, when my kids were growing up, I coached and did things that I that I love doing and was able to build into them and they just were part of my appointments on my calendar so that's the one real advantage of this business is that if you're if you're good at managing your calendar you you can um you can be a great resource in in more ways than one so
1: well Gary this has been a wonderful interview thank you for taking the time to educate our guests Mm -hmm. and if they want to learn more about you where can they find you
0: well, we're on Facebook and we have a website. So,
1: um, where do they find you on Facebook? Uh,
0: uh just Google Gary Bean, it'll probably it'll probably show up. Uh, excellent. Excellent. Yeah, because uh, uh, we do I do a lot of Facebook posts. I have both a personal page and a business page excellent. and and then I help with the FCA page and then uh and then of course our website if you just Google you go to the farmers and then look up uh agents were were listed there as well. So, uh, www. I'm trying to remember farmersagent dot com backward slash g bean. <laughs> excellent, excellent.
1: Well, Gary, thank you very much for being on the podcast, and best of luck And May. Your your business continue to have all the success and transform so many more lives in the future. Yeah, thank you. It's been fun. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you may find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. And that's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. Also, if you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, Subscribe to this podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. If there is a business in the California, San Joaquin Valley you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I am your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.